0: Hello and welcome to the Collider Podcast. I'm Collider Senior Editor Matt Goldberg and with me is Managing Editor Adam Chitwood. Howdy, folks. And Senior Editor Vinnie Mancuso. Hello, hello. Today we are talking about The Empty Man, The Empty Man, The Empty Man. Uh, this is like a podcast for like 27 people. <laughs> like no, but
1: Those 27 th- people are so hyped. are so
0: hyped to talk, about, so hyped to talk <laughs> about The Empty Man. I know, right? This is like, so we're sort of in this weird holding period. Like there are no, like, Mortal Kombat doesn't come out till this Friday. So we can't talk about Mortal Kombat. And there were no, there's like really no big movie this last weekend. And if you listen to the show last week, uh, during Recently Watched, Adam brought up that he had seen this movie called The Empty Man. And I had actually heard about it. Um, I'd heard about it, obviously, when it was first released because it was such an unusual release. It was not only released in the middle of the pandemic, but it was dumped harder than any film could be dumped into a theater. It was not only dumped in the middle of the pandemic, but it got... It's, it had one trailer and that trailer came out a week before the film was, was set to release. It was, it, it, and so Adam did a little digging and apparently uh, this film did it had test screenings that did terribly. They recut it. Those screenings did terribly. Uh, so they just decided to release the movie it got like a D plus cinema score. It has like a 59%. I want to run. know
2: who was going to the theater at that point and filling out cinema score
0: cards. Right, exactly. Like whose job is it at that point to do cinema score for The Empty Man? Mm-hmm. But anyway, it, I, and especially it's like, man, I, I wonder if this like releasing one trailer before the film opens is a decent strategy and really got people amped up for The Empty Man. and Just it's James Badge Dale and his parents showing up to the screening. <laughs> but- So the the film, like it gets, it gets a 59% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's not like there's like this huge, like critical mass for it, but then people kind of start talking about it now that it's, it's now available to rent and it's a really interesting movie. And so uh, I, Vinny, you had been talking about it on Twitter. Adam, you talked about it last week. I have now seen it. And and we're just going to dive in. So if you haven't seen the empty man,
2: go watch the empty
0: go watch it because we're going to go to the spoilers (laughs) for like six
2: dollars and it's well worth it
0: yeah it's it's well worth it if if i can sell it like without spoiling it i would say like yeah the film is the film is two hours and 14 minutes but it moves really fast it has really good pacing um it's very well directed it has kind of a a fincher vibe which isn't too surprising considering the director is the the guy who makes the fincher documentaries uh david Pryor is his Mm -hmm. name i believe yeah and it's so it's really well made and uh it's not what even if you see the trailer it's not what you're expecting oh the trailer is is very misleading it's a
1: bad trailer it's it's like josie and the pussycats level like inaccurate marketing because like (laughs) i i went into it thinking i was about to watch another the bye-bye man which is one of the worst movies i've ever seen (laughs) and it was like they were like selling it is that they're like oh yeah if you
2: like the bye-bye man and i was like nobody <laughs> liked the Bye Bye man. <laughs> and that's like 20 minutes of the movie is like that whole thing with the yeah. teens and the cult and that stuff probably like, could have been less of that yeah.
0: <laughs> i mean it's i mean let's just let's just start at the beginning yeah yeah this yeah. film hits and this you. will go into spoilers this We're is gonna, gonna go heavy into spoilers yeah. so again if you haven't seen the bye-bye man just rent it pay the six dollars rent it <laughs> watch it come back and listen to this podcast because you're gonna want to like you're gonna need discussion on it like i finished this movie and i'm like i can't wait to talk about the mind is (laughs) bursting with the bye bye man my brain has an itch um (laughs) so the the film opens with a 20 minute prologue which is already just baller as hell just 20 minutes in 1995 Bhutan where four (laughs) American hikers like are are just hiking through Bhutan one of them falls down a hole and encounters a weird ass skeleton kind of goes into this catatonic state and he's like his friend goes down to get him and his friend is like if you, you know, he like, his, he approaches in and like, and he, he kind of whispers, like, "If you touch me, you'll die." And his friend's like, "What?" And he touches him and he takes him out of the the cave. And it like, as this, one
2: does when your friend tells you, "If you touch me,
0: I'll <laughs> no touch, follow, up die. Die. no
1: follow up question.
0: no follow yeah. up, just like what? Oh, is, come on, okay? come on, I got to get you out of this this hole in the ground in the middle of Bhutan." And so, what's amazing, and this, this prologue is so great because it tells you how the empty man works without telling you how it works like this is the kind of thing that normally someone (laughs) would like just relegate to, to exposition and that's kind of what you get a little later in the film but to just play it out like this and to sort of these four characters in Bhutan in 1995 and then just title the empty man and then it's like Missouri 2018 and you're like wait what and you're like what happened to the Bhutan hike? what happened to these these hikers and like this story that you were telling me like how is this connected and then it's like no here's James Badge Dale he's a former cop who now works as a locksmith and his neighbor is kind of this weird girl and she's like nothing is real nothing is nothing is real it's kind of amazing And then she disappears and he goes to like find her. And so already you've got like these weird sort of elements. The empty man is a lot. Like that's one of the things I will tell you right now. It's a lot because like, if I'm trying to describe like, what is this movie? Like Adam, you mentioned um, like hereditary is kind of in there and the ritual and, and the ritual. I would throw the ring in there as well. Absolutely. Like, yeah. That's in there. The bye-bye um, man. The bye-bye man <laughs> cinematic classic and let's face it, cultural touchstone, the bye-bye man <laughs> is in but there. Honestly,
1: like a lot it it does ha- it to be serious, it does have touches of those like I think there was like that, there was like truth or dare, uh stuff mm-hmm. like that. Those like terrible 2010s, just like teen. Not slash like supernatural slashers, like Blumhouse, before they really got their shit together. Like, it does have those touches, but it's kind of like, I don't know. It, I can see why it was sold like that, but it's using those touches to, like, tell a much more complicated story. It's,
0: yeah, that's the, like, if I can just cut to the chase, like, because there's so much to discuss with this, this weird ass movie the movie is about the fear of nothingness, which is really hard to do when you think about like, how do you make a film that's about the fear of nothingness?
1: The theme of this movie is nothing matters.
0: It's, it's the movie for the LOL, <laughs> nothing matters world. Like it's it's crazy because it is, it's like, there's this, there's this scene dropped in the middle where like the cult, which is like called the Pontifex Institute, James Badge Dale goes to check it out. And Steven Root is like the leader and he's given this like, Talk and then he like has a one on one with James Badge Dale and he's talking about like Nietzsche and like the abyss stares back at you and no. like this is not the bye bye man at least I don't think <laughs> I haven't I, think, seen the the bye 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 I think
1: the high school they go to is named after some like obscure Derrida yeah, is named after yeah, a, that, yeah a, that, a, a philosopher. I, I didn't trust me I didn't notice that while watching the movie I wasn't like oh that's that philosopher <laughs> that's something that's something I saw it's movies. crazy
0: like how yeah. many like it's it's packed with so many ideas in a, almost like a going out of sale, going out of business <laughs> sale of just like I have to cram in everything. And yet somehow it still kind of works um, because I think it does have a strong idea of what it's about, of what it's trying to be and using sort of different elements to convey it. Um, but it's a trip, man. It's a trip. Yeah, I um, the,
1: the, the crazy thing is that one of the most, the things I heard the most before seeing it was like how long it was like, Oh, it's too long. I'd never felt like no. it was too long. And also just like, I don't think, I don't think two hours and 14 minutes is that long for a movie. I don't know the way people were describing. I, I, think, it like, I
0: think four hours is a little long. Yeah, like a that's movie, what I, mean. but... I guess
1: we're just living in a post justice league world, but like <laughs> it, that's not like an odd runtime for a film. So if like the, what you're hearing is like, it's way too long. It's like, it's really, it's like an average length and it just moves it, like it like you said it's just like stuff is happening and you don't understand it for like most of the film but you were like like i i use like my own severe add as like a benchmark for most movies and i'm like i didn't i i watched this whole movie and was like into it the entire time and i don't know people i think the biggest critique i keep hearing of it is like it's too long and it's like that's that's not its biggest problem no.
2: <laughs> so I, I was at i was at the camp scene uh and he was like noticing the the people at the bonfire and i had to pause it cuz i had to like take Luna out or something and i was like oh probably towards the end i guess we'll find out what's going on here. i pause it and there was like an hour and 15 minutes left and i was like oh hell yeah like yeah. i was excited i was like oh yeah there's a lot more i mean it's more crazy. of this nonsense i
0: mean the <laughs> way this movie is nonsense the way this movie is paced i'm not surprised like when when after seeing the movie and it's like it got terrible Test screening scores. I'm like, oh, absolutely. It absolutely got terrible yeah. test screening scores <laughs> because it's not like a normal film. Like, here's a 20-minute prologue, and we're not going to tell you, we're really not going to explain the prologue until the very end of the film. <laughs> but not only that, like the end of the first act, the end of the first act would be like the climax of most other movies. It's like yeah. I found a bunch of dead kids hanging under a bridge. Yeah. And that's like, oh, shit's getting real. That's the shit's getting and that's real like moment.
1: significantly before they introduce a cult that is also like like using physics and like 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 it, that comes like an hour into the movie like mm-hmm. in most movies they, they introduce the shady cult as like the subject of the film yeah but this movie is like halfway through they're like oh this is actually also a cult movie and also like a cosmic horror movie it's just like yeah oh yeah keep
2: well what i what i thought was so dollars. smart about it is like it because you like, once it gets to the James Badge Dale stuff, you get into like the high school and the teens, and you get the flashback of the kids who are blowing the bottle on the bridge, and like that's what's all familiar. But it's all your protagonist is not one of these kids, like as with the Bye Bye Man, I presume. Um, but it's like a grizzled ex cop, so it's straight into like 90s thriller territory, yeah. which makes it a lot more exciting because like he's like there's a whole like 10 minute gumshoes sequence in the Pontifex Institute where he's going down and down and down. And there's like endless floors underneath this Institute where it's just him looking at shit. And like, you don't even get many. No one there. is stopping him. Yeah. yeah. Is,
1: I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like it, it's kind of like a metaphor for this movie is it just keeps going down <laughs> and down. And, down. Well, and, and also at and and the bottom is, is a circle of people. Nothing is stopping. Nothing <laughs> yeah. is stopping this movie.
2: And then what? once you get to the end, it's a circle of people who are spouting nonsense <laughs> and there's something creepy in the
0: corner. And you're like, and then, it, oh. and then it ends, and then he leaves. And you're like, what? What just happened? No, I, I really like, I noticed like, like, because so much of this movie is kind of like a 90s crime thriller. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. he's just investigating things. But I like the movie doesn't get in its way in terms of like, he can pretty much go wherever he wants. <laughs> yeah. There is no door that is locked to him. And then the film explains that too. It's like this, there's actually a reason why he can just go wherever he wants. Um, and we'll get to that, but it's it's great. Like the film just doesn't get in its way with like this is it really <laughs> with explanations. Well, no. Well, that's the thing. Like I think honestly, explanations in movies are overrated. I think audiences yeah. are smarter than studios give them credit for, Absolutely. or maybe not. Maybe the test screenings say they're not smarter than studios <laughs> give them credit for. But the the idea is like we need every the film has to, the a film has to stop and explain what is happening to all the time yeah. and hold your hand is just. So draining. And I just think it's so much better if the like James Badgel is like, yeah, I'm gonna go talk to this guy, and then I'm gonna go do, do this thing. I'm gonna do this thing. And like that's the thing. This film doesn't feel long because things are always happening in the bye-bye man. Like there's very little that's like I have to stop and explain something.
1: Yeah. Actually, I feel like the the scene that lost me the most is when uh young Ned Stark. Uh, for that whatever that is. Oh I, yeah. That's, that's who that exactly guy how was, I know him. is I like, was like
0: that dude looks so familiar. Like when
1: he's trying to like explain in detail what's happening, I was like, I don't want to hear any of <laughs> it. I was just like, yeah, cuz that's like what lost me. I was just like, oh no, don't try it. like it, that's like deep into the movie. And at that point they had built up such like a an, an aura of like I I this is like a trippy dream. At the moment, young Ned Stark is like, here's what the bye-bye man is. I was just like, nah. The, good, the empty wanna... man. We
0: keep calling him the bye-bye oh my man. God, the I need man. to stop
1: calling him the bye-bye man. <laughs> when, he, when he was like, this is what the empty man is. This is what's happening. I was like, I don't. Buy any of this. I just kind of want to be like floating around this weird dream some more. <laughs> like, I, I and it does round back to even more like, what the hell is going on? But that
0: scene is what almost lost me because I was like, don't try and explain this. Yeah, I mean, dug, that, the hole is too deep. Don't try well, and explain. And that's the whole thing about the movie. That's the whole sort of trick of it is like, how do you make a movie about nothingness with like but you have to explain the idea of nothing is in itself something. Yeah. So how do you convey that to an audience? Like, And like, you do have like these weird sort of monster movie elements, like the Bye Bye Man is sort of this weird kind of Lovecraftian, like, you know, tentacled shadowy figure, whatever. But the Empty Man is also like, and I think one of the the, the more clever touches of the film, early on, again, the Empty Man comes for someone but then, like the camera kind of pulls back, and it's just them killing themselves. Mm-hmm. I it's actually just so like it's it to me that it, it is
1: horrifying. so visually well done. But I still don't really understand why the Empty Man does any of that. I do think it's hilarious that the Empty Man, his whole his its whole thing is like nothing matters it's all chaos but he sticks to like a precise schedule when he's killing people <laughs> like, like yeah and, I, I got three I, I'm I, a busy, I he's a busy guy like <laughs> I, it's so funny that he's like this cosmic representation of chaos but if you call him he's like well okay here's what i'll do on the first day <laughs> yes here's what i'll do on the second day here's what i'll do like that part, that just
0: the, the stuff there is g- order in the chaos Stuff does not
1: gel in this movie but, like, it's all vibe. Like, the, the, the empty man is like, vibes. the empty man is like, nothing matters. It's all vibes. It's like, kind of the movie. And I, as a movie, as a like, you know, I, I guess if you were like going into it for a story, it's like, this doesn't really make much sense. But just like, as a movie, as like something that's fascinating to watch, it is two hours and 14 minutes of just like dream nightmare vibes. And I, I cannot recommend it enough as long as you're okay with being like, well, that doesn't fit in.
0: Well, to well, me, then, the well, go ahead, Adam.
2: Well, the director likened it to something like Mulholland Drive, but I think it has more logic than Mulholland. Mulholland Drive frustrates me because, like, no one does dream logic like Lynch, and sometimes that's just too much for me because I'm like, I don't, I don't know, right? I don't know what I'm looking at.
0: Eraser head explained, <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. Um. But uh, you know, but that's to say, like his intention was that it was supposed. Not everything is supposed to cohere and make perfect sense, but there is a very specific reading of the film that he has that he said he hasn't seen anywhere else. But he welcomes, like he threw in enough that he wants people to come up with their own interpretations of it. But I do think it's structured enough. Like Vinny said, like it's it. If it wasn't, if it was just entirely dream logic, it wouldn't be as enjoyable or compelling to watch from beginning to end because you do want to find out what happens next. Whereas you know, when I'm watching something like Mulholland Drive, I'm like, when am I? Like, I don't know what happens yeah. next. So I don't, I, I can't anticipate because I don't know where I am or who that person is or where we're supposed to be.
1: I guess just the, the the thing that is jarring about it is it does pivot from something that's very structured. Like, you know, the rules of the movie for like an hour and a half, and then it pivots like hard into like something without rules. Like the, the, the first part of the movie, you understand it's this this case and the empty man has this thing that's basically like the ring where if you blow into the thing, it gives you three days. Like you, it has a structure. It tells you what day it is on with like a title card. And then it's just like, and I don't really understand how the explanation at the end makes any of that make sense. Like I said, I don't like, I cannot, I cannot stress enough how much this is all compliments. Like I, I, I do not <laughs> care. I do not care. That it doesn't make sense, but I still like story-wise I cannot connect the second half of the movie to the first half. <laughs> See,
0: to, to me, it worked like, I, like, because it it is thematically consistent, I can kind of hang with the fact that the plot can kind of go to tatters at some point. You know, <laughs> like the fact that the, the plot at the end is like, wait, what? Wait, huh? But the fact that it's thematically, like it's all about the fear of nothingness. Like to me, the idea that like, of course there would be a cult because cults are about, a search for meaning and trying to create your own meaning from this, you know, from the chaos. So of course there would be like a nothing doomsday cult, and the fact that they have posters that are just black is is metal as hell. Yeah. I mean, all you know, all hail the Pontifex Institute. But no, like I mean, to me, like the cults work much better here than they do like in Hereditary or Midsommar, because like in those films, it's like the cult is the threatening other to my individuality. Whereas the cult here represents the sort of the quest for meaning and the inability to find it. They eventually have all gathered together to say, we believe in nothing Lebowski. Like it's, <laughs> you know, like it's like a nihilist cult. They are make, they're just
1: making compelling points as I think, I feel like that's why they work. I was just like, yeah, like, no. yeah, nothing does matter. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck. Endless
0: void. That sounds, am- sounds amazing. <laughs> The vessel, yeah, no, it's like that's the thing, and that and that's sort of like the weird tension in the film is the fact that, as you said, Benny, there are there are rules, and then there's also the chaos. <laughs> like
1: very strict, one, two, very two, three, strict three rules. rules. They have
0: files. <laughs> they have files on yeah. everyone. Like, the, like someone, organized. They're like, extremely organized. They have their own like outfits. Like it's a it is a cult down to its bones. But like that's also like let the nothing come for us. And I think in a weird way those ideas. Can't, even though they're, also, they're in competition with each other, they also kind of work in concert with each other because the, everything is sort of moving towards this nothingness. And like that's sort of like what the, the, the idea that this sort of nihilism can spread, this sort of nothing means anything. And how is that contagious? And the film kind of settles on, it becomes contagious out of grief. Like grief is the ultimate carrier of nothingness and sort of soul-shattering existence. And again, this is a film that in the beginning is like, don't blow into bottles on a bridge. <laughs>
1: yeah. Or the spooky ring rape will come for you. Or the spooky
0: <laughs> ring rape will come for you. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's crazy, like, the way this movie swings for the fences.
1: And I do like, I because again, this... the the main character is kind of like an archetype of the night. Like he's, you know, he's alcoholic. He's, he's, he's got a dead wife, like dead kid. And I love how the reveal is like, he was created to be the perfect sad man. Like, like, like like he, like he's the way he is because that archetype is the, is, is nothing.
0: Okay. (laughs) Let's get into that. Let's get into that. Because that's to me is sort of like, so this is this is the big ending reveal of the film is that, they're like you're the empty man you're the new like the vessel is paul the guy from the beginning of the film in bhutan i love
1: that it brings back the the first part i i would have accepted it as just a long intro explanation and i love that it's not and they actually like bring that back into
0: yes so paul is now like in a hospital bed and like he is like the the vessel he transmits they receive And I guess like he transmits messages from the empty man, and like they go to the Pontifex Institute where they do other creepy things. But they're like, we needed a new vessel Uh, because Paul, you know, can't stick around forever and we can't just wait another 500 years for someone to fall in a hole in Bhutan. (laughs) So it doesn't happen every day. It doesn't happen every day that someone will just go to the middle of nowhere in Bhutan and fall in a hole. So they're like, we created you. You're only three days old. He's a tulpa, which <laughs> he's a is, tulpa, which, which is, is a the big, idea. Da- big David
1: Lynch thing. Is it the tulpa? Big Twin Peaks. Uh, yes, the
0: idea uh, that like it's basically thought made flesh. The idea that they willed him into existence, and like that, like so, James Badge Dale is three days old. Like they gave him a history and all that stuff. Where I get confused, and maybe y'all can help me with this, is that.
1: Vinny's shaking Am- his head. First. I'm shaking my You can't, you can't I, help I, me. You can't, but
0: I'm going to, I'm going to talk it out anyway. So Amanda is the cult member that he's been looking for. And she says, you know, you slept with my mom at my dad's funeral, you know, and, you know, and then you lost your family that same night that you were, you know, hooking up with my mom at a funeral. And so my question is, if he's only three days old, did that ever happen? Like, is, is he like, was he their neighbor or like, like, cause Amanda's not three days old. Her mom isn't three days old. Like he's supposed to be the only one that's three days old, but like he has a history that is more than three days old.
1: My reading of it was like, they, when creating him gave him like the saddest possible backstory possible. Okay. But there are scenes of him interacting with the neighbor where he's a real man. Yeah.
0: But like, then it, she
1: calls him at the end and she's like, I don't know who this is. Yeah. Yes. What are you talking about? So that's kind of my thing is like,
0: that doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Right. Like that. That, that to me is like sort of my big hang up with the film is that like it tried, it seems to want to have it both ways in yeah. that he is a real person who has suffered real tragedy but also, he's three days old. He's a tulpa, and his entire tragic life is just a man is just the manifestation uh, of this group to create emptiness. I prefer if he's just a Tolpa. I actually think yeah. that's more interesting. If he's three days old, and like his entire backstory is manufactured rather than being like, I'm a guy with, I'm a real person and I got sucked into this. Cause I think if he's a real person, then like reality starts infringing on the story in a way that the story is not meant to handle. So I think if you just, you have to like, you can't even hedge. You have to basically be like, no, you're three days old. you never really slept. Like you didn't, you think you did these things, but you didn't. Like you did in the way that like we manifested it, but like you weren't my neighbor for years and years and years. You just yeah. have memories of that in the same way that you remember being from San Francisco. Like that's kind of like, like the thing with the
1: ending. It, like the ending, you know, we, we do all these things. You know, we explain endings, but I think with the end of this movie is like I totally understand the ending. Mm-hmm. but it doesn't make sense with what came before. <laughs> like, like the explanation of him being a Tolba, he's only been alive for three days. Like, they gave him these things. He's the empty man. I'm like, oh, I buy that. I get all that. But, like, how does that make sense? <laughs> like, Like, it can't... Like you said, it's both ways. Either one thing is true or the other thing is true. But, like, neither of them can be true. Yeah, they same.
0: can't be true at the same time. He either can't... He can't be someone who wronged Amanda because... You can't, like, you created him. Like, you couldn't have wronged you independently of your own creation. He's the Tulpa. So that doesn't make any sense. Or, he, or he's know. a real guy that did wrong you, and you're, like, inflicting this on him.
1: It does kind of offer up at the very end, you know, everyone in when the hospital is bowing to him, it, it kind of offers up the, the, the scenario where it's, like, everyone is in the cult. Like, like it all makes sense because everyone you've met is in the cult, which is kind of like the Midsommar sort of explanation mm-hmm. where it's like mm-hmm. anything you're like, well, how did that happen? You're like, well, that guy was in the cult too. Like how, what about that guy who was talking to him in the restaurant? Like she was in the cult too. Like it kind of, it kind of offers <laughs> well, the people
0: offer be- singing him those birthday songs. Yeah, exactly. Cult. Like
1: the people in the restaurant, the waitress. I mean, I cult. guess,
0: yeah, to me, that isn't as fulfilling. Like everyone's in the cult because then at that point, the cult has like no <laughs> goal. Like it's like, well, you got everyone. What more do you want? I mean, yeah. I, I to me I assume like the, the hospital workers were were already in on it, but that doesn't mean that everyone in the world is in on it. Um, so here's
2: here's my question, okay, which will make it more complicated. <laughs> and it is a timeline question because when he does get to the bottom of the Pontifex Institute, in the creation story, which kind of shows him being birthed, he's downstairs while he's also yeah. up on the ledge. Right.
0: So you're saying there's two James Badge Dale. I, I, don't know. I took that
1: completely as like dream. Like I was like, I, I refuse to try time. and put that into the plot. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. I was like, I was like, this is cool. We're going back to that earlier scene. I do not want to know how. This I guy. just
0: took that <laughs> as sort of like a walkthrough memory. Like, like he's basically seeing a, sh- an, he's seeing but the he story heard from himself. a different angle he rather he than did like, hear himself. it was yeah, like the he was whole up part there. where he like oh yeah you're right he did hear himself but yeah i don't know man again it's cr-
1: i i don't i don't need to know <laughs> like, <it's> just, <laughs> that's
0: the thing like it's kind of fun to like just kind of go along for the ride the
1: empty yeah. man says nothing matters except for vibes and that is, the, <laughs> and that is why people join this cult because it's yeah it's, like, it's nothing but vibes it's nothing matters if i could watch every movie like that I understand why people join this cult because I'm like I don't care, man. Like I'm just I just a get, get like, me a black poster, sign like, me and up. A, and again, not all movies like earn like not all movies earn the sort of just like mm-hmm. if this doesn't make sense, I don't care. But I think something about this movie really just I by the end I was just like I don't think any of that works, but like hell yeah, like, I yeah. Will
0: I I think it works because it is. I think it's first. I think it's very well directed. Yeah. I think it's exactly. very well made. It feels competent and stylish in a way that doesn't feel totally derivative. Um, and it feels interesting, like it has a very sure sense of what it's trying to do. Um, and I think that confidence really kind of carries it through its more BS ways, like especially at the end where it's like, yeah, you're kind of getting away with it just because you're saying it very confidently. Yeah, And the fact that it's like, because it's swinging for big ideas, um, I kind of, I feel like it's ambition kind of carries it forward in a way that, I don't need I don't need every minute sort of being like accounted for. I don't yeah. need, you know, this connects back to this and this connects back to that and and then if you read it this way it all makes sense. Like in fact, in a weird way because the film is about nothingness, the fact that it doesn't make sense works in its favor. And I know that <laughs> yeah. that sounds like oh there's no way this film could could lose, but it, honestly, if the like the more the film tries to make sense of things, in a weird way it works against it because it's about the fear of the unknown, a fear of nothingness and letting that swallow you. So the more it gives you a flashlight, the weaker it becomes.
1: I, 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 to your point, I do think it's another reason I'm kind of upset it got the bye-bye man marketing treatment because it is like, there is some like gnarly imagery in this movie. Like the part, the, the, the scene where whatever the manifestation of the empty man is sort of just like merges with the main character is like an it's like a really just like deeply disturbing scene and it's got like these really intense flashing like flashing lights and like the the, the practical nature of it is just like really disgusting it's just I, it, it, I think that the imagery alone is so elevated above your average like spooky monster spooky spirit movie it's-
0: it's crazy that this movie came from 20th Century Fox. And yet <laughs> yeah. Not. Put it on, put and it yet on not Disney Plus.
1: Because... Put it on Disney Plus right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yet not because this is like, oh yeah, this is also the studio that gave us the cure for a cure for wellness. Yeah. Like there it's a studio Strong that like, cure kind of fun. kind of stumbles out these really daring films that almost accidentally. Um, yeah. Red in Sparrow a weird way, as well. Way. Like Red Sparrow. Um, and it's crazy how these films just kind of come came out from 20th century. Fox, and they never will again in any form. <laughs> it was kind of a a brief moment, but yeah, it's like honestly, if this film, this is the kind of film that's like, oh yeah, if you release this from like a twenty four, like it would land like in not in the middle of a pandemic, it would be on a bunch of people's like best of the year lists. Yeah, because like okay. people would have been like, I am here for these vibes.
1: Yeah, and like I don't, it's sort of like a almost in a way, it's kind of like a short story collection. Like there is the the extended opening, but there are so many scenes in this movie. Mostly the ones that I cannot place in the plot that, by themselves, are like such a good little like the scene where he goes to the camp and sees the, the yes the cult sort of that I don't know why that had to happen but like the, <laughs> the 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 like entire mood of that scene and like the imagery of just like the bodies you can kind of see but not really and the way they're moving as one is like so oh, yeah. viscerally scary it was so scary I don't I again I don't know what the point of sending him there was. And you never learn what they were doing there, but it, it, that as a as a little set piece is like, get this man another movie is like because he, he's just he just directs the hell out of a horror, a horror scene.
2: I actually think so. The videotape he was watching, my read on it was that that was their first attempt to create an empty man. Mm. So it was this bald figure. Yeah, that, uh, was. just didn't
0: yeah and like the tape is like called manifestation 14 or something yeah so they were trying to manifest
2: a human and they have been trying to do it for a long time as paul sits in the hospital i guess um and i think you're watching you're seeing the way it went really wrong with just that like vapid golem essentially that was and, just there's a spooky,
1: there. and there's a spooky teddy bear. And there's a spooky, spooky teddy, teddy bear. <laughs> the fact
2: that he even we gets
0: we away were, with a spooky we teddy bear. We were
1: screaming at the television when the spooky teddy bear shows back <laughs> up and he brings it inside. We were like, don't bring the teddy bear inside. What are you <laughs> doing? And honestly, that never really comes up again either. But it doesn't yeah. matter. Because I was just like, hell yeah. It's just such a, at that, again, at that point... We were very clearly so invested in this movie, me and my fiance watching this movie, just screaming at the TV, like, don't stay away from that teddy bear. I, I mean, we were screaming an hour and a half into a movie called The Empty Man. <laughs> it's like, I, that's not where I saw us ending up.
0: I just feel like because the film, the film is kind of a good evidence for, if you make something that feels emotionally and thematically true, you don't have to like drill down to make sure every plot point is you can get away with a lot. You can because I think that, like those those things are more important. Like the film emotionally is about grief consumes you and turns like throws you into nothingness. Like and like, so like if you had unimaginable grief and guilt, what would that do to you? And it would make you embrace nothingness. Yeah. But like, how do you convey that idea in a film? Like it's not, it's not an easy, especially in a visual medium. Like it's not to say like Moby Dick is an easy film, but you know, you can say the whale rep, it's easier to like, just write down how the whale can, you know, represents nothingness. Um, it's harder to say like, I'm going to show you nothingness, but also it looks like a spooky Wraith figure. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) even the name, even the
1: name, The Empty Man, like uh, uh, not to keep bringing up the Bye Bye Man, (laughs) that doesn't mean anything. That's just a spooky (laughs) name. It's a spooky name. The the name, The Empty Man is like, oh, someone who's been like hollowed out by grief. Like like, like someone who's, they don't really feel anything anymore because they've just been completely hollowed out by their grief. Like everything about this movie reads... As a like shallow movie But when you watch it you're like oh my god The title of the empty man is like so sad (laughs) Or even
2: just Just pain and sadness like I like How it connects to Paul in the beginning It's pretty delicately handled but it's Alluded to that he is someone who Has been struggling emotionally as a person Which makes him the correct vessel For the empty man that's why He hears the whistle that's why he falls in the Hole and Mm -hmm. worships this creepy Alien skeletal figure and then but i mean also talking about like the direction you know so many bad horror films have you know violence in them that just feels kind of pointless but like the scene at the end of that prologue with the violence the of uh, you know um the girl paul's girlfriend like killing the other people and then falling off the cliff just the way it's presented is really haunting and upsetting yeah. and distressing
0: yeah, it's not a gory film, really. I mean, Paul gets the business, except man. for the
2: except for the girl stabbing herself in the <laughs> face. Yeah, the, stabbing, the, yeah <laughs> the girl stabbing
0: herself in the face—that was pretty horrible. But it's not like a film that's constantly trying to like gross you out or, no. you know, like you know, bring a sledgehammer down on someone's head or <laughs> other do, mid, I, fun, also, fun moments I, from Midsommar.
1: I, I do love that you also don't really get. A concrete explanation for the big spooky skeleton, like that—that that skeleton yeah, is like the image I—I've I, been associating with this movie because it's like the poster and it's like the picture people share. So like, I was like, "Oh, this movie is about the big scary skeleton." Yeah. Oh, not really. And you're just oh. like, "That's just a thing in a cave that, that's like a, obviously like associated with the 5 bye, bye man." Is that the original? Is that? God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> the empty man. The empty man. I was like, "Is that the original empty man? Is that the?" It- 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 but it's it's so much scarier because it just looks scary and him sitting in front of it is so scary and then that's just part of the prologue and you're just like well that was terrifying it's just it it does a it 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 really gets that like alien-esque sort of someone finding something is so much scarier than like the thing itself like stumbling across that skeleton brings up way more questions and way more scary things than than, than, like seeing what the skeleton like seeing the skeleton suddenly move and be all scary i think the movie really really gets that
2: and ridley scott will explain it in the prequel (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a guy inside the skeleton. The empty man covet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean in a weird way, like I, even if like even if this film had been released normally, um, like if there hadn't been a pandemic, if they had, you know, teased trailers, like I just I I, I just kind of felt for the marketing team on this one because yeah, their fun. film didn't test well. It's like it's a bunch of different things. It's not easy to explain. I mean, the best you could hope for, like because it didn't test well, it's not like the studio is going to put money into it, but like an alternate reality game maybe would have been a good marketing. I I haven't even
2: given it a DVD or Blu-ray release. No, yeah. I mean,
1: we even said right before we, we started this, we were like, how would we talk about this movie without talking about spoilers? And it's like, well, how would you market this movie without being like this is what it's actually about like right the surface and again this movie is using it's the, the sort of shallow surface to tell a deeper story but you can only kind of market off the surface and this movie does kind of have a you know like a oh like spooky monster movie and like this guy <laughs> is like an alcoholic detective like that's 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 something you've seen a the time so yeah i i i guess it is you know that's their job so <laughs> it's, it's hard well, it's hard no, to but say like it's, I, also, I, it's hard I, to I, say i feel bad for the marketing team, but I mean case s- like this is a tough one. This is like,
0: I would say, like, the marketing team, like it's a lot easier to be on, on, be working on F9 than it is on the m <laughs> Yeah. The F9 is just throw a bunch of cool shit in, a, in <laughs> the, the cars line. are crashing. The cars are crashing. Here's, here's, here's some music. And yeah. uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go get lunch now. Whereas, well, it like, was
2: also just, you know, this was Disney. I mean, Disney got right. a look at what yeah. was in the 20th century. Portfolio and decided what they wanted to dump <laughs> and what they
0: wanted to put. Can you imagine I, the Disney executive to who has to sit the wall, down and they're like, okay, the empty so man. what are we inheriting? Oh my. <laughs> okay the new mutant sorry right, well that one's a little tough i mean it's x-men and it's mutants we'll figure that out what else you got uh will we have something called the empty man it's a two hour and 15 minute cosmic horror movie that ends with a, a meditation of- on the on the on the horror of nothingness it stars yeah. james Badge Dale. <laughs> even roots in it people
1: like he's in dodgeball
0: he's like we
2: would never make this we've never handled anything like this in our entire careers
0: oh my god yeah i just the film the other film i was thinking of a lot as i was watching this of all films was barb and star go to vista del mar <laughs> because i'm like those are two movies like it's hard to market them like they're great but it's hard yeah. to tell people what they are until they just sit down and i can watch imagine it. it's like you it's kind of like when we write about something
1: and like you don't really have a reason for liking something you just do where you just want to be like just just watch the movie man. Like I don't I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know man, just watch it. It. Just watch the movie man. Like you'll, you'll like
0: it. Trust yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> like it. It's it's super weird.
2: Well, I was thinking about new mutants too cuz I finally watched that and it was garbage.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like it's shocking got big, it's got a big demon bear. In it.
2: Shockingly dull and shockingly <laughs> racist for like absolutely no reason. I keep forgetting <laughs> that it's I, that is like racist at points for as no reason. As soon yeah. as Anya Taylor-Joy's character bad. The first like slur she said, I was like, whoa. I was like, where would <laughs> that come from? And then she kept doing it. And I was like, surely there's another way to write a bully. Surely there's another <laughs> character trait. No, she has to character. go.
0: She has to hit that hard ER. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a strange
2: thing. <laughs> what I was thinking about, I mean, both that and The Empty Man were essentially dumped. Uh, you know, New Mutants for contractual yeah. obligations because it had to have a theatrical release. But they didn't really do anything for it. There were a couple of posters, maybe one poster and like a couple of trailers. And that was it. They didn't even do like a real junket for it. But then the empty man was just, they were just like, I don't know, man. Uh, I
0: don't know. Here I don't know. know. <laughs> put
2: it out. And you know, the,
0: the know. weird thing is like even releasing it into theaters and again, like contracts being what they are, maybe they had to, like, maybe that's just something they had to do. But honestly, like imagine if this film had dropped on Hulu and like people start talking about it. Yeah. But like right now it's a film, like you have to pay six dollars for it. So like, yeah. And I feel like once it hits some streaming service where like, you're already subscribed to it, it's going to kind of take off. Yeah. Because Cause I mean, you're... I heard
1: about it solely through word of mouth. Like I, right, I mean, exactly. this, is, this is in the VOD stage and people were like, Oh, you got to like rent this movie. So I do think like, you're absolutely right. If this pops up on a streamer, people are going to be like, Oh, it's Friday night. What's this empty man business about? And then they're going to, it's going to spread kind of like well, the empty man. Right. <laughs> the empty Man.
2: I hope so, but I was talking to like an acquaintance of mine who doesn't like, isn't super into like they would like movies, but they don't really know you know directors or anything like that. They're like, yeah, I watched the movie Erased on Netflix, and I was like, what? I looked it up. It's just some Aaron Eckhart action thriller from 2008 that's like in the top ten on Netflix right now for no reason whatsoever. I I have
1: hope because I'm pretty sure the number one movie on Netflix right now is Synchronic, which is similarly poorly marketed hard to explain movie so i i don't know man people are bored <laughs> and if something pops up well you know, also i feel like
0: know. if you get this in front of like like people who can like i was kind of surprised that like i didn't hear more about this film from like horror yeah outlets you know and again that's not on them like it was the middle of a pandemic they didn't screen (laughs) it for anyone
1: do not go to the theater to see it. yeah
0: don't go to the theater to see it and also like they didn't they obviously didn't screen it they didn't like give screeners out digitally or anything like that they dumped it as hard as humanly possible but i do feel like there is like i don't know maybe i'm being optimistic but i feel like this film will find its audience because it's too weird not to
2: yeah. Well, cause okay. it was like, we talked about this when I brought it up, but it's like, it's a cult hit, but a cult hit on like letterboxed. Like it's just like yes. a bunch of like David Ehrlich's uh, <laughs> and I like David Ehrlich a lot, but it's like a lot of like those kinds of critics that really found Film it. Film
0: Twitter it. has found its new favorite movie. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the essentially, empty, man. Yeah, it's I, the empty yeah. man. It's kind of like, it's something that
1: was just like made to be reevaluated. Like <laughs> it was going to be so hard to hit a, Pocket when they first came out, but it it is made like I, like I said when I
0: watched this movie, I was like I need to talk about this movie immediately. Like I need more people to see this movie because I needed to be like, did you see the empty man? I would just I would love to like like do like a long interview with David Parker because like first off, it's basically it's adapted from a comic. I looked at the synopsis of the comic; it's nothing like the comic. The <laughs> comic is about a virus, um, but like so he already like he took basically like the name of the comic and turned it into something completely different. And I'm kind of curious, like, how did you even pitch this? Because you're basically saying, like, well, it's kind of for t- like teenagers, like, could be lured in by this plot of like the teenage cult. But that goes away after the first act. And, and they will
2: hate it and give and, it a
0: decent. yeah, answer. And they'll fucking hate <laughs> it because it, and then it will be about like the about the fear of nothingness, you know, what teens love to talk about. But then. For like adults who can engage with that, for them, it looks like a a teen horror film. It looks like The Bye-Bye Man. So why would they be interested? So this movie seems designed to appeal to no one (laughs) on the surface. And yet they made it. They made it all the same. There are like, it must have caused... A lot of people had to keep saying yes. A lot of people had to keep saying (laughs) yes. What were they saying? They had to spend (laughs) probably... 20 million. I'm it's saying a good, I, it's a good looking movie. It's a good looking like, movie, it's a, but it has effects. Like
2: I did read a very funny uh in one of the interviews with the director. So they shot it in South Africa for tax rebates. Mm-hmm. And then like they had to go and shoot some other scenes, but it was like covered in snow. So they had to shut down production. They were done. We <laughs> And so he was like waiting for the go ahead to go and finish the movie because there were still a few scenes they had to get. And it was like a year of waiting. And then someone at the studio realized that the rebates were about to expire in like a month. And they're like, you have to go and shoot the scenes in South Africa right now or else we lose the rebates. So he had to like scramble and get them back together and go and finish the movie in South Africa like really quickly
0: amazing oh, that was funny. amazing give this give the empty man a criterion is what i'm saying <laughs> yes yes
2: and let me write the booklet <laughs> I,
1: have, yes. I have a lot of thoughts
2: <laughs> the booklet is just i don't know man just watch i don't just
1: watch <laughs> no man vibes 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 vibes, vibes. this <laughs> vibes Ten thousand times the bye-bye man <laughs> the empty man <laughs> god damn it that wasn't even a joke i can't <laughs> Don't watch the bye-bye
0: the man. It's a terrible movie. It is Yeah, crazy. we're just gonna keep this is un, unintentionally a bye-bye man podcast now. Um all right, yeah. I can't, I mean, so yeah, if you watched the empty man, first off, well done to you. Uh hopefully you understand the headspace that we're all in with this movie. Um, but yeah, it's it's a trip and I I would recommend it to people. Um, I don't know who, who if, if people would necessarily like it, but I think it's different and worth and worth watching. Yeah, sure. it's not a waste of time. No. You're gonna think something
1: about this movie. You're not gonna be like, "eh." <laughs> yeah. Like you're gonna have net <laughs> positive, negative, in the middle. Yeah. You're
0: gonna have a thought on this film. Uh, all right. Well, with that, let's move on to to recently watched. Uh, Vinny, what have you seen lately? Um, I got a kind of a wild triple
1: feature for you. I um, I was writing about Crimson Peak, so I watched uh, Crimson Peak, which I would recommend anyone in the world do because that movie yeah. is incredible but like I I was reading up on it and I was just reading about what what his uh, inspirations were. So I, for the first time I watched um, The Innocents, I had never seen The Innocents and I watched uh, Hitchcock's Rebecca, which it was, first of all, it was just a lovely few days of watching these like (laughs) extravagant, but it's also, I don't know, these movies are kind of just a great reminder. And I I think Del Toro himself made this point where like people have kind of, especially in recent years have kind of, associated horror movies with like low budget like grimy dark like like something but like horror can be like opulent and like lavish and like like melodramatic and and still be scary and i feel like if you have the means to watch these three crimson peak is on netflix now watch it it's very good and i think either the rebecca or the innocence is on criterion that's i have the criterion that's how i watched them for the first time but if you if you have a if you if you're like in a horror mood but you don't want to watch like found footage or like like a, a haunted house movie or that's like I don't know if you want to watch like something that has like just I, like not depth but like it the the design of it it's just it, you don't get that anymore you don't get movies that are built to be like beautiful works of art but also deeply scary anymore and I think Del Toro was kind of like trying to bring that back with Crimson Peak and people were like absolutely not this is, this is not what i want to see but i I think I, as time goes on that movie will just age even better because it's just it it, it wasn't like anything that was happening at the time and it, we haven't really gotten anything like it since so if you want to watch some just like deeply horny just beautiful <laughs> horror that's the that's the triple feature for
2: you i've nice. not seen the innocence but rebecca talk about vibes
1: yeah vibes that's <laughs> what I, I this this podcast is all about
0: vibes uh great uh adam what have you got
2: i'm gonna bring it way down uh (laughs) and talk about mayor of east (laughs) town which uh i adored i've seen the first five episodes it just premiered on hbo this past sunday the first hour of it uh it's the new kate winslet limited series uh created by brad inglesby who wrote uh the way back um and it's you know it's a detective story uh set in pennsylvania so there's a lot of pennsylvania accents but it's also a grief drama uh and like a human character drama but what i was really blown away by was that the first episode feels each character is so richly drawn the first episode takes place on one single day but you're introduced to every single major character almost every single major character on the show evan peter a wild evan peter shows up in episode (laughs) two and you're like oh shit yes um, and he's great in the show. D- does
0: he play Does he play Ralph? <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> no, he plays Kate Winslet's partner, which is even better. Because wow. uh, it's like that. True Detective season oh, four. <laughs> Smarter, <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> But
2: the first episode, it feels like it's an adaptation of a novel in that it's so rich and the characters feel so real and tangible so that when... The crime at the heart of the series happens at the end of the first episode you are deeply deeply emotionally invested into every single one of these characters as the series moves on um and Kate Winslet gives a really impeccable performance but really just the entire ensemble is fantastic and I, I was just really blown away Craig Zobel directed all the episodes uh and he directed The Hunt um but also a lot of episodes of The Leftovers uh some of the more striking episodes the um the assassination episode with Justin Theroux, uh, where he's like an assassin in season two. Um, that was Craig Zobel. So he's got a lot of range, but the, I don't know, just something about just the way that the characters were are put together and, and the cast. I mean, it's got Guy Pearce, Julian Nicholson, Gene Smart and Gory Rice. Uh, David Denman is, is in it. Um it just, you know, I've watched a lot of crime thrillers. I've watched a lot of these limited drama series. And usually there are a couple of characters to latch onto and you kind of switch to another character, another supporting characters, and you kind of zone out a little bit. But again, like the way that the first episode is put together, it just gets you so invested in in what's happening with these characters. And I am eagerly awaiting the the final two episodes, um, but all the first five are, are terrific. So I would highly suggest checking it out.
0: Yeah, I saw the the first episode last night and thought it was great. It was great, sort of. It it, it helped make you care about a place. Yeah, like it's a good cast of characters, but it, it really roots you into the community. It's a great that world you're exploring piece of world. Yes, building. exactly. Yeah, and you so, understand the geography.
2: Really well you understand how each character fits into this town and what their past is. You understand and
0: socioeconomically, it socioeconomically. Like yeah. you understand. Yeah, like well, that's what that's is good. it's element. real
1: layered. What's the Wawa representation
2: like? Oh, a show? lot. Okay, a lot good. of Wawa. I Kate Winslet that. says water a lot.
1: Oh,
0: that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah,
1: as everybody went to call.
2: It's
0: it's it's pretty wonderful.
2: She drinks a uh, Rolling Rock, but she calls it Rolling Rock. Good for her. <laughs> so. She did her research. She did her
0: homework.
1: I can't imagine walking to a Wawa and seeing Kate Winslet. I think I would just like disintegrate. <laughs> <Be> like,
0: just... <laughs> um. So for me, I, I finally got around to watching Brian De Palma's Phantom of the Paradise, which (laughs) is, is one of his earlier films. And it is amazing. Um, it's so freaking good. Um, so the plot, it's kind of a weird spin on Phantom of the Opera. Like it's kind of that, but not really. But the idea is that there's this, um, there's this sort of music producer impresario, kind of a Phil Spector player, uh, Person played by Paul Williams, who is this? Who is in real life a fantastic musician? Uh, if you love a song from The Muppets, Paul Williams probably wrote it. Like he wrote the music for Muppet Christmas Carol. He wrote Rainbow Connection. He did a bunch of other great music in his life. Uh, Paul Paul Williams is amazing. There's a great documentary called Paul Williams Still Alive, and people should check that out. But anyway, he plays the bad guy, a guy named Swan, and he is trying to find the next big thing. And so this guy um, Winslow Leach comes in, and he has this ca- uh, cantata based on Faust and he plays it. And Swan's like, I see something here. And he basically steals it from him. Winslow goes insane. He ruins Winslow's life repeatedly. And then like he kind of lures Winslow back to keep uh, writing for this new uh, young woman uh, named Phoenix, uh, who's played by Jessica Harper of Suspiria fame. And the film is just so bright and colorful and the music is fantastic and it really like moves. It's got this sort of biting uh, showbiz attitude towards it. Um, sort of the way like creators are exploited, um, how they try to do something and then sort of a, a business force kind of comes in and, and wheedles it away. But it's it's kind of bitter and angry in all the best ways, but never so much that you feel that is that it loses its, its energy. It is, to use the word of this podcast, vibes. Uh, <laughs> And so, yeah, I had a, I, I, it's only like 90 minutes and I was just like floored by it. I was like, I am, it was one of those movies like I'm angry at myself because it's taken me so long to watch this. So yeah, Phantom mm-hmm. of the Paradise. I don't know where, I, I, I just bought it sight unseen on digital and I I think like, it just
1: appears in your life one day when you're ready yeah, for it.
0: <laughs> right, when you're, well, when the student is ready, the Phantom of the Paradise appears. Um, so yeah, I thought it was great and I, I highly recommend it.
1: That movie's wild. I don't, I don't know if it works- thematically but i feel like crimson peak and phantom of the paradise would make like an incredible double feature if you just want to see like
0: some colorful beautiful yes. nonsense for like four hours of your life i love it no, go, go for it um all right well thank you all so much for listening if you want to keep up with this podcast you should follow us on twitter uh vinnie where can we find you on twitter
1: i am at Vinny mancuso one
0: and adam where can we find you on twitter well ab has gone <laughs> you can find him at adam and Joe. <laughs> you know, just, even though he's murmuring the empty man <laughs> by the way we didn't even get into the bridges
1: <laughs> the, the, the we didn't get it, we didn't get into like a significant part, of them. <laughs> part good of them bridge content there's, a lot, of, there's yes, a, lot a lot of yeah it's a lot
0: and you can find me at matt goldberg thanks so much for listening everyone we'll be back with you later this week as we dive into the season finale and the whole season of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so tune in for that.